Friday, and we are so excited to have you here with us today. This is Life in the Leo, and I'm your host, Rebecca Denro. This interview was really special. I got to catch up with three of my teammates from college. Just to help with context, all four of us on today's show went to UC Davis in Davis, California. Megan was two years ahead of me, and Flora and Lynn were both a year younger. We mentioned Ray Goldbar a few times. He was the head coach while we were all in school. The head coach for the team now is John Lavallee, and he has done wonderful things to keep the team more competitive than ever. Also for context, college gymnastics is judged using modified level 10 rules, so all the athletes you see competing in college are pretty much level 10 gymnasts or better. Lastly, still working on sound quality, I apologize for it being a little choppy. We all recorded from different locations around the country. I hope you enjoy it. Now let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Rebecca Dendros, and I'm here tonight on Life in Leo with three of my teammates from college. We all competed together at UC Davis, and they're going to give a little intro about themselves. I graduated from UC Davis in 2002, and Megan, why don't we start with you? So I grew up in Alaska, and I went to our gymnastics for club. I competed up to level 10 and then tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus and had knee surgery and dropped back to level 9 before going to college. Uh, Graduated from Davis in 2000. Awesome. Flora, how about you go next? All right. Um, Hi, I'm Flora Bear, and I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. I went to Santa Cruz Gymnastics, and I competed through level 10 and yeah, and then went to UC Davis. Awesome. And Lynn? We'll end with um, you. <laughs> hi, my name is Lynn Schwaby. I grew up in Encinitas, California, and I competed for Seawind Gymnastics. Got a little bit of a late start compared to most, so I entered college after competing level eight, and I graduated in 2003. Oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> awesome. So this is really awesome. This is the first time I'm doing a group interview on the show. And I think it'll be really fun to, I don't think a lot of people necessarily follow UC Davis College Gymnastics. And I think Davis has a lot to offer. So I wanted to share that with people that are listening to the show and thought we'd have some really fun insights and just share how great college gymnastics can be and that you know, I think there's a lot of diversity between the four of us in terms of our training and where we got. So let's start with the first question. Lynn, I'd like you to go first. Did you know you wanted to compete for Davis? And what was the process like deciding to be a college gymnast? College gymnastics was not on the radar at all for me. Um, We had done parks and rec gymnastics and a lot of recreational level activities before high school. And so when I ended up competing in high school, I didn't, I didn't even conceive that that was possible. And this was the age when a lot of, you know, my teammates were dropping out because of busy schedules and wanting to do other activities. And I was like, oh, I can finally do this. And (laughs) one of the, um, one of the ladies who did the front desk at the gym just suggested it one day, why don't you consider talking to one of the coaches where you're where you're applying and I I think I brushed it off because I underestimated where I where I could have gone so um my coach called up Ray Goldbar when I was on my way to go and visit Davis just as a campus 
And she made the appointment. She said, go talk to this guy. Here's where he's going to be. And he told me, you can work out with us for a few months and we'll see how it goes. And it was a great opportunity to be able to um, really just have great coaching and have great teammates. For sure. Okay, Megan, why don't you go next? Uh, so I would say kind of similar to Lynn, I don't think I was like really focused on doing college gymnastics for most of my gymnastics time. I started fairly early. I want to say like eight or nine. I was doing tap and acro classes and I only liked the acro. And so, <laughs> but I also kind of like took it fairly casually until probably at least middle school. And then I, I think maybe my sophomore and junior year of high school, I got pretty serious about wanting to do college. I would go and watch the University of Alaska Anchorage meets and saw them compete and got to know a few of the girls on their team. And so I was getting kind of geared up for it. And then I blew my knee out summer before my senior year. And so I actually didn't really compete very much my senior year. Um, I think I did three gymnastics meets, the state qualifier, state and regionals. And so what I ended up doing was I applied to colleges that had gymnastics teams, but with the knowledge that I was going to be walking on somewhere. And so I kind of prioritized academics first and then went and visited schools. And I just knew as soon as I got to Davis and saw the campus and met the team and Ray, that is where I wanted to be. So I ended up walking on and then, you know, obviously being there and competing for all four years. Awesome. And Flora, what was your experience like? Um, so I, on the other hand, absolutely went through my uh, career with the intention of wanting to do college gymnastics. And, but I also knew that in order to afford it, I needed a scholarship. And when I went to Davis for a recruiting trip, it wasn't necessarily my uh, first option, purely <laughs> because Ray sent me to the most boring math class I could have ever gone <laughs> And knowing I was like into the arts, <laughs> I was like, trying to get me to come here. Um, and I went on another, you know, several different recruiting trips that were, um, to say that I used to have more fun. But I did get to stay with you, Becca. Um, and, um, but, <laughs> and, he, and Ray has a certain sense of humor that takes a while to get to know. He really a long time. <laughs> so I, I didn't feel like I connected with him right away. Um, I think you would laugh to think about somebody trying to connect with him. But the team was obviously great. And then he did offer me a scholarship. And, and so, yeah, I went with it. And I <laughs> had no regrets. But that was definitely uh, an interesting way in to go, hmm, is this a fit for me? <laughs> Later. <laughs> yeah, so. that's awesome. I think the thing that stands out to me with all of our experiences is that, for one, Davis was so accepting of, like, the different skill levels. We didn't all have to be top-tier level 10s to make it onto that team. And mm. obviously, I think the, the sport and collegiate gymnastics in general has gotten way more competitive, so that might not be the case now, mm. but... I know I felt very lucky that that was the case when we were all there. And the other thing that I think Davis was 
super unique about was we continued to all grow so much in our gymnastics throughout our four years of college. So, you know, like Lynn, you entered college as a level eight, but you were doing gingers and did you do a shapash also? And like, no, I had a ginger in Tkachev. Tkachev. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like huge <laughs> skills, you know, Megan, you learned to double layout off bars. I mean, yeah. bars is definitely one area where I think all of us learned a lot in college. I was kind of a chicken, didn't learn that much. But... <laughs> But Um, let me add one thing, though. And Megan, I remember this conversation from freshman year. So Megan was a senior when I was a freshman. And mm -hmm. she was explaining this concept about Aggie pride. And it was this (laughs) whole idea that you might not be a scholarship athlete, you might not have had the opportunity to really develop your craft when you were in high school, whether it was because of you know, geography, you didn't have good coaches in your area, or maybe it was time you had started late, or you just didn't have access to it, that if you had the drive and the talent, and you were willing to put it in there, that not just gymnastics, but a lot of the sports at Davis would, would foster that. And that was where that program was going, and where it came from. So I said all that it sounds pretty profound for being 21. <laughs> <laughs> you are profound. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really true. I actually saw a debate on Facebook the other day about whether college coaches or truly coaches or if they were just like refining. And I would say at Davis and with the coaches that we had and Ray and Perry and then Alan, I think that Mm -hmm. like, I think they really were coaches. And I would say that most people that were there, I would agree, did continue to grow and improve throughout their time there. Yeah. Yeah, they worked as hard as you worked. You know, if you were willing to put in the hours, you made the corrections, they were just right there by your side. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things that resonated with me. I liked that I felt like I'd have an opportunity and that college gymnastics was on my radar. So it was important that I went somewhere where I felt like I'd have the opportunity to compete. I clicked with the team and the dynamic and felt like it was a place where I'd be able to grow in my athletics. So that was cool. (laughs) I'm going to change the tone a little bit. I want to talk leotard. Do you guys all have a leotard? (laughs) Growing up or in college, a leotard that you remember being your favorite or lucky or just one that stands out in your mind as being super memorable. <laughs> I remember staying with you and thinking, oh my God, this is Rebecca from Rebecca's mom's leotard. <laughs> and look at her leotard collection. I was like floored by your leotard collection. Very envious. Uh, do I have a lucky leotard? I, there were definitely leotards that if you put on, you'd have a, you'd feel better. And so that sort of invoked more energy for your workout mm-hmm. and I did feel like I could have better workouts if I looked good and felt good in my leotard it didn't ride up <laughs> but I also was of the mind that I didn't want to get superstitious about anything so I was a little bit I guess bullheaded in that way that nothing should be able to affect my performance and and so even though I could feel better because of something, uh, there was nothing, no leotard or anything. Um, so yes, 
there, there was a feeling, but uh, not one specific. <laughs> Megan, you want to share? <laughs> Uh, I would I would say also I didn't have like a lucky leotard, but a few memorable ones stick out to me. Like I still have all my competition leotards, including the very first one that would probably fit like one calf in it at this point. Um, <laughs> it was like a GK with a silly blue weave. I mean, it was like, you know, the 80s. And then I would say also those ridiculous Millennium warm-ups that we had for 2000, <laughs> where we got they were like all sparkly and whatnot. That one sticks out in my head. And I, too, remember being like so excited about your mom's leotards because of the fact that she could make them extra long. And so they didn't ride up because, I, you know, like before that, it was always like, oh, adult medium or whatever. And then when we got to have them like custom made, it was... Amazing. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about the extra long length in the leotards. <laughs> bringing me back to the possibilities of what you can do for a longer torso. But also, <laughs> my daughter is in gymnastics and constantly tells me that her armpits are itchy. <laughs> um, and I, I have this moment of, wow, no elastic in the arms. And what an epiphany that was for me. I had two leotards that are coming to mind right now. One of them was a hand-me-down leotard. There was a tradition at Davis where graduating seniors would bring in this giant bag of old leotards. Oh, right. And we would just divide them up amongst the team. And there was a Wonder Woman-style leotard with stripes and stars. And <laughs> that one would give you a really awesome practice. Nothing mattered when you were wearing that one. Nice. <laughs> We totally scored that Becca was a class above us. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I forgot about that. I totally did too. I totally remember walking in with a garbage bag full of leotards and dumping them on the locker room floor. <laughs> Seeing the frenzy. <laughs> I think I was funny with my hand-me-down leotards. I felt like certain ones had personalities that fit each of you guys, and I had like dedicated leotards to each of you. <laughs> Just to give some context, because the audience has never met any of you, Lynn is like five foot seven. So she's definitely eight. five foot eight. <laughs> One of the taller gymnasts that uh, I think I've ever met. And and none of us are really tiny gymnasts. You know, Megan, I think you and I were about, well, I'm five five. How tall? I'm five four, but I have extremely short legs and therefore a long torso. Uh huh. <laughs> We all have long torsos. <laughs> I'm glad the listeners know about our torsos now. So going back to gymnastics a little bit now, what what was your favorite event and favorite skill that you guys got to compete in college? Bars. Yeah. I really got to love bars. Courtesy of some really grumpy ankles, I spent a lot of time swinging bars and just fell in love with the feeling of swinging and flying and... That would be it. Awesome. Wow. Um, my whole gymnastics career floor would be my favorite event um, because I just, I love to tumble, but I also loved to dance and I choreographed all my routines and other people's. So it had the combination of the power and grace. But I will say that bars as my nemesis, uh, once I started to learn how to actually swing, 
the, that challenge. And especially, like you said, Choi with injuries, mm-hmm. we would stay on bars for two and a half hours. Tumbling, I guess, with, with yeah, four, four, you can't be yeah. there. You know, I liked them all really except Vault. Uh, <laughs> was not a huge Vault fan. I really, I think Bars also was my favorite, and you kind of alluded to my favorite skill earlier, which is I loved double layout dismounts because it was just like flying, and then you could see the ground, and it was coming, and you could stick it, and it was super fun. I also actually came to really like Beam. I was kind of my nemesis all through high school and the first couple of years of college. Like me staying on the Beam was incredibly rare, <laughs> partly because I had a round off layout mount for a long time. But then by my senior year, I think I fell once my entire senior year. And so I think the the growth felt really rewarding. And I ended up really loving Beam by the end of my senior year. So cool. Ah, I love it. I'm just like the memories are flying through my head. Because <laughs> I loved training it, but competing it was a whole nother beast where I feel like vault, floor, and even bars, you could put the energy out there. And the nerves wouldn't affect you as much, but being, you had to really learn how to control the nerves uh, competing. Do you guys still watch gymnastics? Mm, (laughs) Yes, I do follow when, um, when the major events are on TV and we're about an hour north of UCLA. So I take my daughter down and we watch a gym meet every year at Poly Pavilion. And that's always a really good time. Oh, fun. Which one did you go to this season? We got to see the Together We Ride <gasps> UCLA versus Oklahoma. And oh, it was wow. such an experience to be there. Amazing, incredible lights out gymnastics, the entire event, and just such a great message of support and solidarity. And they always put on an amazing show at the same time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, kind of in and out. Like, if I happen to catch something on TV, I'll watch it. I actually went to the last two Olympic trials because they were both in San Jose. And I went with some of our former teammates. So that was super fun. And then I would try to go to the alumni meet at Davis. Like, I didn't go every year, but periodically until I stopped knowing anybody and felt super old. Um, <laughs> and occasionally we were we were close enough to Stanford that occasionally I would go watch a, a Stanford meet you know once every couple of years so I wouldn't say that I follow it real closely but when I have the opportunity I try to take advantage nice <laughs> well what are you guys up to now and do you feel like that what you're doing was influenced by gymnastics in any way or the way you you approach life in any way has been influenced by gymnastics absolutely uh yes i so i'm an actress and i also teach i teach gymnastics and circus i haven't gotten out of it i never have stopped moving and i had to kind of separate myself for a while because i actually had quite uh bitter feelings towards it because i finished my college career tearing my acl and meniscus and and it was hard to to cope with the way I finished. And so um, I, it took a while to come back to it. I had to kind of leave it. And now I actually teach uh, preschool gymnastics. So I can just, and they every time they're like, try to get me to teach team. I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, 
but um, and then turning it into a circus sort of circus instructing is a lot more artistic and then as an actor and theater creator I use my physicality um, every day so yeah awesome well I'm currently actually taking some time off being mom to two boys I would say still I use you know elements that I take away from gymnastics I was teaching high school for the 13 years prior to this school year and I like on an abstract level, I felt like I was really able to connect with a lot of my students that were high school student athletes and kind of relate to them and kind of explain what my college time had been like. And so I think that helped me really connect with some of my high school students. And then, you know, there are life lessons in gymnastics that you take, I think, into everything that you do. Work ethic. Um, I'm a fairly type A perfectionist, which is <laughs> Good in some ways and not in others, as I'm sure all of you can relate. So some of those were kind of general life lessons about persistence and failure mm-hmm. and success. And all of those, I think, translate into kind of everything you do after. So there is a season for everything in life. And I call this my mom season. <laughs> um, it's It just became the right thing to do was to take some time off and just be with my family. Since graduating from Davis, I've done quite a few different things. I worked as an environmental scientist. I've worked in Cirque du Soleil. I've been a college professor. And right now I spend a lot of time volunteering and it's, I'm going to say, all been possible because of the things that I've learned out of gymnastics as far as the willingness to take life one step at a time and look at big goals that you might have and be willing to just break them down don't be afraid go after them and likewise don't let the things that scare you stop you from going after those bigger goals that you might have in your life so i think just echoing a lot of what megan said about you know persistence and determination and sticking with those things you guys are so inspiring (laughs) i can back off that i I definitely felt it like the harder times that you go through in life, I've had to kind of buckle down and remember that training of continuing, like you said, one step at a time. And sometimes life will throw you things that you just have to be in the moment and make it to the next moment. And gymnastics, that discipline and even that physical training of just being there um, has, has helped. Yeah. I would yeah. say too, as a mom, and I, you know, I think a few of us can relate, but you're trying to impart some of those life lessons from gymnastics into your own kids as well. So kind of providing them the opportunities to grow in some of the similar ways, whether it's through gymnastics or through something else, or just through your interactions with them. Yeah, totally agree. And sometimes I wish I just had a rope in my house and when Zoe's being bad, I can just make her climb the rope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I should start there. (laughs) Well, I know you guys, so you, you said you haven't been following the sport too much. Do you, do you feel like when you do look at it now that you feel like it's changed and, do you notice any of the changes and what it, what are your thoughts on that 
or is it just you're you're not following it enough to know? Oh, I would say the level of difficulty has gone up tremendously across the board. Yeah. I would agree with this. I, I also think in some ways some of the artistry has gone down a little bit as the skill levels have become so high. Though I think that there have been some strides to improve that a little bit. I felt like, you know, a few years ago all the routines looked the same and now I'm seeing a little yeah, bit more say creativity back again, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish I had gotten to vault on the new table because I finished before it, it was actually a table. It was the old horse. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I would have liked vault if I had had the table. <laughs> I probably would have been good at your chinkos. Yeah, I think probably. At least it would have yeah. been fun. <laughs> <laughs> it changed uh, our senior year, right, Schwartz? Um, yeah, I didn't get to vault on the table. Was it our senior year? Yes. I think you and I definitely improved a lot on our vaults uh, that senior year, but also it was quite a transition to all of a sudden. Yes. I think the first time, the first time flipping over the table was an experience knowing how much distance I had and then trusting that that distance was going to be put to good use when it mattered. Whereas... (laughs) Yeah. Like, are we going to clear this? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But echoing Megan, again, I feel like there's like a true sense of mastery that you don't always see when the athletes are spending so much time developing just a huge arsenal of difficult tricks. And I I also am concerned about the longevity, right? Injuries are a real thing. And, you know, your 60 year old self being able to walk upstairs when you're 60 is a real thing. So I. I think there's a balance in there somewhere of high level difficulty, amazing mastery, and then a gentler approach on the body. Yeah, it's been interesting with the NCAA this season. There's, there have been a lot of major injuries. A number of top athletes tore their Achilles either just before or during season. I feel like something's going on and, and hopefully, you know, the coaches and trainers and people involved with the sport recognize that and do something to adjust and make those improvements of, you know, I don't know if it's the amount of hours or the strength training and physicality of it all, or, you know, adjusting the rules in some way to prevent that. I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, hopefully there's something there that can, can be done to fix that. I would add too that, you know, like we had great care with the training room in college, but in yeah. club, like we didn't really have access to anybody who knew the physical therapy elements or even really how to tape well. I mean, I remember taking my own ankles like on the side of the mat or having my coach do it. I wonder if we could get some of that better routine care down to lower levels, if that would help with the longevity some. Yeah, that's a really good thought. But I also think uh, the prevention rather rather than just fixing it once it's hurt as as good of our as our training staff was i do feel that sometimes i'm i look back now and go oh we actually didn't get a lot of necessary like strength training and different um like our hamstrings were neglected you know or it bands that weren't rolled out you know you just start to go oh maybe if i had really paid attention to the fact that my knee was hurting two years ago 
maybe I wouldn't have torn it mm-hmm. two years later. You know, like we just kind of taped it up and then forgot about it. I think we really need to pay attention to how to stay healthy rather than fix the, the pain once it's Yeah, once I it's think there. the challenge with that is sometimes you forget about those things because you are a student athlete. And so you're running around between school and studying and practice and physical therapy and everything else that, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to, you know, think about all those things. So maybe it just needs to be more top of mind. Yeah. It's also easier to pop a couple of ads. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't always, doesn't address the underlying issue. Right. There's a club down near where I grew up and, you know, they, they have a sports conditioning person who specializes in gymnastics and they'll bring in a PT into the club a couple of days a week just because, you know, she, the, the, the owner of the gym re- really recognized that injury prevention and prehabilitation and all of these things were going to help her athletes stay in the sport longer and have a, a more positive experience out of it. So I think, I think the knowledge is getting out there, but it takes some time to, to get its way through the entire system. Moving on, why don't you guys share with me what your proudest moment was from being a gymnast? Oh, man, that's an easy one. Uh, I would say in 1999, when we won the USAG Collegiate Nationals, uh, you know, we kind of went in as kind of the underdogs. Texas women's had won for years and years. We, like, barely made the final. And my... I competed on bars and beam and I wasn't supposed to compete bars, but teammate got injured and I stepped in in the last minute. I ended up making my routine and also hit on beam, which at that time was kind of hit or miss for me. And then the whole team just came through and everybody stepped up and we ended up winning. And I remember the moment we didn't know that we had won until they announced second place. And I just remember at that exact moment when they announced second place, the whole Davis team was just, we all just stood up and we were jumping around and crying, screaming, and just the excitement of that moment. And that it was like the culmination of every, like everybody stepped up that day and it came together in that one moment. So I would say that that for sure is like my number one. So cool. Yeah, that was my freshman year. And yeah, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, let's see here. I think my proudest gymnastics moment actually didn't happen in the gym, but as a result of time in the gym. So I came on to Davis or to the Davis team as a walk on. And I don't know when it was, but at some point in time, you know, Ray called me up and, and he let me know that they had you know, basically giving me a, a tiny partial scholarship, for which for Davis at the time was, it wasn't a, a full scholarship program across the board. Right. But feeling like I had achieved something that had previously been so out of reach and just feeling that recognition was a really proud moment. Awesome. Uh, well, I would definitely have to say when I won nationals and all around uh, my sophomore year. Yeah, it. I don't know what you said, Megan, is interesting. It all coming together at that point. I mean, I definitely was, you know, it, doing well that season. Um, but I, ha- I have to say, and not that this was your question, but there was a dark shadow 
of falling on beam for our team finals that I feel like I'm not ever able to separate the two because it was, I felt this awful feeling of being able to do it for myself. And then a day later, disappointing myself and my teammates by falling off in the team finals and on something so silly because my knee was wrapped up and I, it, and it was almost like a dream state. I didn't even, I had to ask a teammate. I remember I asked Stacy if I actually fell. <laughs> so there was that proud moment. And then it's so easy to just go straight down. And I, and I wasn't able to fully I think, live that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I think this goes back to Megan's comment earlier about us being such perfectionists. You know, and so you had this moment that you were so proud of and then <laughs> contrasted by the next day where, you know, you couldn't continue to, you're, you're immediately hard on yourself. Anything more. I wanted nothing more than to do it for my team. Yeah. And, and then, you know, some reason, and I remember going up to Ray and just bawling my eyes out and apologizing, <laughs> but he did just go, why why are you apologizing? And I said, you know, I let you down. This is my score had to be counted anyway. And he, I mean, and he was kind about it in a way of going, Flora, you were not the only one that fell. Like, why, why was it just, you know, but it does, it yeah. feels like it's all on you in that moment. And, and I, and I still, yeah, today it'll, it's still, <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> those are those life lessons, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a shadow to it. <laughs> to me. Um, do Do any of you guys have any other thoughts or stories you'd like to share? I almost never remember dreams, and most of the dreams I do remember involve gymnastics. Even to this day, I once in a while have a dream that I get to a gymnastics meet and I don't have my grips. And it's this like, it's like a recurring nightmare <laughs> 20 years later about my, my grips, which is just insane. But that's how like deeply ingrained into life I think it is mm -hmm. after that many years that, you know, 20, almost 20 years later, I'm almost 40 and I have dreams about <laughs> I still have dreams that I'm training and there's always something off. I, I'm training again after an injury, trying to get back, and then I'm almost good enough, and then there's something that I can't do. And so, yes, I, can, I also continue to dream about it. I think I still have a tremendous love for the sport, mm -hmm. and I don't know if um, that comes out of not having really gone hardcore until I was older than most when they, you know, go down that path of so many hours per week, but... I don't think that I was ready to be done. And yeah, I still just absolutely love watching it. And I think I, I live vicariously through the athletes when I watch them. And mm -hmm. I just imagine that I'm, that I'm going through their routines and going through their skills. So I would say that I'm still very much in love with the sport. Yeah, I've, I've always felt like that's one of the hardest things is that point in our careers when you have to transition from not doing away from doing it anymore. And there's really no good transition. You kind of just 
because the passing of time through college and graduation and four years of eligibility. And it's like, okay, you're done. And I think that there, there probably needs to be a better way to train, to teach the athletes how to move on after putting so many years and hours and dedication into a sport like that. So that you do feel that maybe a more complete sense of closure. I don't know. Yeah. Even with the training system, what we were talking about having that whole staff there, the fact that I tore my ACL my senior year, um, I tried to get a red shirt, but I had done one too many minutes. And so, you know, we, Lynn and I know, like I went through the, okay, and then I tried to, I postponed my surgery and tried to do just beam or just bars. And then I added beam and then my knee popped out again and I quit. So then I was at nationals and my leg, I did a release move on bars and I could literally feel my leg flopping around the wrong way. So I, I need to pull, this is not going to help the team. But afterwards I didn't have a training staff, Mm -hmm. so I didn't heal you know, and rehab it like as if I was trying to train for another year. And so it delayed my healing and in a way that had I had that staff or that support afterwards, um, it would have been a little more productive in the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it's hard. thinking about the end of a career in gymnastics because I feel like kind of regardless of how you end, I think maybe there's a piece that always feels un- like unfinished business. Yeah. When I think, I think like, oh, I never did compete the Takacha Bombars. And I like added to my routine multiple times over my career, but never, never actually competed it. And I like kind of feel unfinished about that or, or that my whole senior year I was ranked on bars and then I fell in prelims at nationals and didn't make the final. You know, things like that. I feel like unless you kind of have that pinnacle meet at the very end at the Mm -hmm end of your senior year and that's probably rare you know that doesn't happen very often I think everybody else probably has some unfinished business and some things that they have to work through and let go of yeah yeah well (laughs) on a lighter note (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna wrap it up here I have one last question for all of you guys and that is what does life in a Leo mean to you Oh, man. I would say it means some of the best friends that I have had and will ever had in teammates from all levels, club, college. Uh, You know, I am still in touch with a lot of my former teammates. And so I feel like that is probably the biggest takeaway for me, the relationships that I had. and, And I think the second would just be hard work and dedication. Mm-hmm. I think life in a Leo is, it's a way of life. It's not a piece of clothing that you put on, but it's a way of life of dedication and training and determination. And that way of life alone is not life in a Leo. That's maybe only half of it because there is this camaraderie and sisterhood and gymnasts are hands down some of the toughest people I know. And it's, it's a bond where you can say, oh, you know, you were a gymnast too, and you un- you just know that this person understands, you know, that grit and determination and go after it factor, and that they've got something really strong and solid inside of them. Yep. But yeah, life in a Leo is 
it was an identity. It was who I was and it encapsulated all of the hard work, the dedication, the joy, this, this feeling of that you, you're very fortunate to be able to move this way and have the ability to, I mean, I, I also will get to where I work, there's a boy with severe disabilities. And when I jumping on the trampoline, it's all of a sudden, just go, go away. And the life in Leo is, is flight, it's joy, but it's also pain. And, and it is a, it's, it's a way, a way of life. Awesome. Okay. So there are two things. Number one is that gymnastics is unlike any other sport in that when you're done with it, you're not just going to, you know, play tennis a little more slowly or, you know, play soccer <laughs> in a master's league a little more slowly or swim, but just not at the level you used to. You know, if I try and demonstrate a backward roll, really, you know, unhappy things happen. Um, <laughs> but also in you know, watching my daughter and her peers grow up and try out soccer and try out martial arts and all these different things that kids get involved in. Life in a Leo is very different than the other, you know, uniforms and trappings that kids put on for their activities, because in no other sport are you either going to do it or not in the same way that exists in gymnastics. You can kick the ball a little bit and a little bit further, but there is a certain amount of achievement that comes with doing your pullover for the first time or, you know, making a cartwheel on the beam, you have to try it so many thousands of times in so many different ways before you get that. So there's a certain amount of achievement that even for like the little kids that go into gymnastics and yeah. never go past the first couple levels, that there's something that sticks with, sticks with them for a good chunk of their life. Yeah. True. Well, you guys, thank you so much for taking the time to let me chat with you all it's been really really fun to reconnect awesome awesome everybody have a good night thanks you too yeah. good to talk to you guys lots bye, of love everybody. you guys. Bye. <laughs> bye since the interview was pretty long i want to quickly wrap things up please let us know what you think are you enjoying the show what do you like and what would you like to hear more of you can email me rebecca at leotard.com we mentioned the USA, USAG Collegiate Nationals. Megan and I were both on the team at UC Davis when they won in 1999. Davis has too much scholarship money now and is no longer eligible. However, this meet took place this past weekend, and we would like to give a shout-out to the Texas Women's University for winning the title. Congrats, ladies. And finally, NCAA National Championship starts today. Good luck to all the competitors, and go Bruins. We can't wait to watch. To everyone else out there competing this weekend or training, keep up the hard work, keep having fun, and don't forget to point your toes. <laughs>